Welcome to episode 022, Exploring the Inner Voice of Fear and Worry with Rachel McDonald. Welcome, I'm your host, Clara Bade. One Woke Mama is a journey of awakening through the raw, sometimes painful, always beautiful and definitely messy ride that is motherhood. This is our journey in mind, body and soul towards consciousness. We seek clarity, we hunt down the truth, we dive into the discomfort of healing, uncovering shadows and rising out of them back into the new woman that we're meant to be. Through my personal brand of storytelling, musings, wisdom bombs and insights, we journey into motherhood, the catalyst if you so choose to become more conscious, aware and woke. I'm just one mama following the path to woke and I hope you choose to wake up with me too. Gorgeous mamas, welcome to this week's episode with Rachel McDonald. Now, this incredible interview is actually a very powerful interview where Rachel and I dive into that inner voice of fear and worry that seems to be part and parcel with motherhood. This is an interview that I did with Rachel a couple of years back for the Om Mama Love membership group. And I've decided to close down that membership group and repurpose all of those beautiful interviews and share them with this incredible One Woke Mama community instead. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation because Rachel and I really dive into what is normal for us mamas the day-to-day challenges that we face with the additional layer of intensity, worry and anxiety and overanalyzing. It's just something that we all experience, but it's not something that we all have to experience. So this conversation is going to be super supportive for you. You know, for so many of us mamas, when we become a mother at the very beginning, all of a sudden there are so many elements that we need to juggle. Wondering if the baby's too hot or too cold or when to start solids and how to do that and why are the neighbors being so loud? I need to get this baby to sleep. What if she wakes again? What if I never sleep again? The list goes on. We're constantly thinking and caring for another human being and this requires a lot of awareness and education and preparation and intuition. And for some of us, that is very destabilizing and that inner critic and that inner voice can really become much louder at that point as it did for me. So this conversation that we're having today is exploring all of that and perhaps how we can move through that. For me personally, there were three things, acknowledgement, meditation, and professional guidance that helped me to break the pattern of fear and worry and to really start to quieten that inner voice that had gotten so much louder for me. And of course, time and confidence. So I hope that you get something out of this conversation, no matter what stage you are at in your motherhood journey, because as I said, it is an experience that we all have, whether we are mothers or not, that inner voice likes to dial up big time, especially when we are in a situation that we are not feeling confident in or that's brand new to us or that has completely shifted our center of gravity, our center of self, our identity as motherhood does. So please enjoy this conversation, share it with your tribe, connect with Rachel and let her know what you thought of this conversation as well. And I cannot wait to hear what you think. 
Today I'm chatting with the beautiful Rachel McDonald on acknowledging the inner voice of fear and worry that us mamas experience. So Rachel is the brains behind In Spaces Between, which is an incredibly supportive and insightful blog on all things life, business, and blogging, of course. She is also a passionate life coach, blog coach, writer, assistant life coach, and trainer for the Beautiful You Coaching Academy. She's also the co-author of the incredible ebook Spirited and Spirited 2014 Companion. And of course, the creative mind behind Bright-Eyed and Blog-Hearted, which is a hugely popular blogging e-course, which I highly doubt that you've never heard of because it's incredible. Rachel also became a mama very close to when I did. And her little boy, Ryder, is such a beautiful, bright, go-get-life kind of dude. And he's just lighting her up, just as all of our beautiful babies do. And I guess everything I've just said, does not do justice to the woman that Rachel is. She is such an intuitive, insanely positive, driven, action-focused, spiritually-minded woman. She's filled with electric insights and wisdom and so much love. And I'm just so excited to welcome her today and have her share her wisdom with you because I know that you're going to lap it up and it's going to really help you guys. Now, Rachel and I first crossed paths years ago in the blogosphere online world. And since then, I'm so honored that I get to call Rach a close friend. She has been there for me in life and in business and now in motherhood. And I couldn't wish for a more incredible woman to share this journey with. We've spent many hours and messages sharing the struggles and joys of motherhood, which is why I know you're going to love her insights today on this incredible topic. And it's really going to support you, beautiful mamas. So... With all of that, let us begin. Hi, Rach, and welcome. Thank you so much for joining. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. What a beautiful intro. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Me too. Really excited. It's going to be great. It is a good conversation to have, a much-needed one, I think. I know that we have spoken about this before. It's it's a big one, you know, as being quite Mm -hmm. positive people, naturally. I know that I felt quite a lot of shock pretty much overnight being thrown into this instantaneous state of hyper awareness and fear and worry and just being quite overwhelmed by all that filling my mind constantly and I know that you've shared that too before there's that Mm -hmm. constant fretting and worrying and analyzing so with that I want to just start there I want to start with asking you if you could share your personal experience with that that inner voice of fear and worry and, and how that's kind of shown up for you in this journey of motherhood? Yeah. <laughs> Big question. Where do we start? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, well, I guess I should probably start by saying that like the majority of mothers, and I think everyone listening, there were really many, many, many occasions, particularly in the first few months of motherhood where it was all brand new, um, that completely brought me to my knees. Mm. There we had probably the biggest thing was we had some big challenges with breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. which was something that I did not expect at all. I didn't really even think about breastfeeding when I was pregnant, to be honest. I, um, only the friends I had around me that had babies had all found the breastfeeding journey to be quite an easy one, quite a natural one. And those that didn't, didn't really talk about it Mm. so or they didn't talk about it to me at least so I didn't know a great deal about 
any of the the problems that can arise with, um, you know, the various breastfeeding problems that can arise, everything from low milk supply through to babies not latching properly through to tongue tie and, and all the rest of it. I really didn't know any of that until I became a mum myself and experienced problems with it. So just, you know, long story short with that, what happened for us was that probably for it really was for about the first four or five months of Ryder's life there were there was many an occasion where I was questioning why is my baby so unsettled why is he not feeding properly why does this not seem to be this easy process and I know it should be and so we saw multiple um professionals we saw lactation consultants pediatricians gps i was put on well i was told that Ryder had silent reflux by one doctor and given medication which thankfully my gut told me not to give him and and it turned out that wasn't the problem anyway so i was grateful for that intuitive insight there um we he had tongue uh, two tongue tie procedures because the first one didn't work properly which was hugely traumatic for me um i mean obviously you, you don't want your small baby going through that he was actually fine with it but for me there was a lot of stress and a lot of worry about that um was put was given medication by pediatricians for um low milk supply which was you know what I was told was the problem so there was lots of that going on in and amongst the fact that we were sleep deprived hormones were were raging all you know all of this is happening in this first few weeks and my baby's crying and I don't know how to fix it so yes there was fear and there was worry and there was stress and there was holy shit what have we gotten ourselves into (laughs) can we give him back (laughs) yeah what do we do (laughs) what do we do um and I think you know one of the biggest things with now looking back so now he now my son Ryder is 13 months old and now looking back that is such a it was such a short time period really from this distance but at the time it felt like that was forever and what happened was I stopped trusting my intuition and my intuition is everything to me. It's it's what I use to run my business. It's how I run my life basically by tapping into my intuition. And I consider that I have a pretty strong relationship with that part of myself that, that guides me through life. But I stopped because this was all new to me, being a mum and I had professionals who I believed knew more than me um, telling me, their multiple opinions so I really felt pulled between all these different opinions and and I really I forgot basically that I knew best and I just had to sort of silence the mind and and tap back into that deeper knowing I also I believe lost a bit of faith in in life in general that I was supported um, because I was really relying on my rational brain to come up to, with solutions to all these problems that I saw were arising. So that was quite a stressful time and, and that didn't obviously last forever, but it gave me, <laughs> it was a crash course in, um, in really, you know, a, a much deeper way of dealing with fear and worry than I'd ever had to in my life prior to that. Mm. I, you know, it's it's just so, it's so freaking full on. Like when, when I'm listening to you, it's all easy to laugh about it now. But if I was to put myself right into what you were going through, and I remember being, you know, in conversation with you all the way through all of these, 
yeah. it's so powerful to actually stop and realize no this was really challenging like on a very very deep level and it, it's incredible that we do come to the other side of these things mm. thankfully because if we were to stay in that space oh my god we'd break we'd break into <laughs> <laughs> we would but it's also yeah, a testament to you as a woman that you know you you can actually get through all this stuff and you can you can come out the other side and reconnect and be able to realize okay I lost my intuition I disconnected <laughs> you know I think yeah. that's that's pretty powerful for all of us listening to realize especially if you're listening right now and you are in a really dark time that there will be a turning point we don't know when it's going to happen but there will be and that it is incredibly horribly shit right now and that's okay but you will find the other side of that. I just wanted to touch on that because it's so easy to laugh about it, but wow, like you went through a lot. Uh, yeah, and I think it, it it's easy to laugh about it probably from that perspective of, oh, thank goodness it will never be like that again yeah. because it will never be the first time again. It will never be such a shock to the system that it was. And, you know, we, we're always taking our past experiences to direct our future experiences. So thank goodness, you know, next time um, it will never be such a shock. But at the time it was, it was hugely stressful. And I guess also having been on my own uh, spiritual and personal development journey for so long, the other side of that was the side of me that was saying, don't, you know, don't go there with this. Don't, don't be so stressed with this. Don't feed into this worry. Um, and of course, along with that become, comes some guilt and yes. you're, you're sort of, in, again, in this tug of war between why am I thinking this way? And I know better, but I'm still thinking this way. Uh, so yeah, it's, it was a pretty turbulent time in and amongst many, many beautiful experiences as well. I mean, the joy of, those moments can't be you just can't put yes. words to that either and that's what's I think that's what's really tricky about explaining particularly those first months of motherhood because you just can't really tap into how extreme mm. the emotion can be mm. without it sounding like you're classing it all in one area and saying it was all hard or it was all tough or bad or, or whatever it was that plus the highs mm. so everything all at it, once yep never thought that was possible to have four different emotions in three minutes but <laughs> right <laughs> you know you That's mentioned so many thing. things I want to touch on the shock to the system that you said you know yes I think there's something to be said here about the cataclysmic shattering that happens physically mm -hmm. and energetically through birth you know, you have nine months of slowly watching your body change and grow as this baby grows within you. And then birth is just like, whew, you know, it just, yeah. it's instantaneous. Do you feel that that disconnection from your intuition and that relying heavily on your rational mind has something to do with the energetic experience of birth, of kind of moving into this completely different way of using your body and therefore there's a shift that happens in your mind and in your intuition and maybe things just disconnect and break a little if you know what I mean and at the yeah, same time I, I guess what I'm trying to yeah. say here as well sorry is that um the idea that you you have to use your rational mind so much in terms of changing nappy feeding doing this mm -hmm. that that also lends to that disconnection as well does that make sense what I'm asking De you absolutely definitely um yeah so just to sort of talk to both of those points 
Firstly, yes, I think that it is just such a huge energetic shift that um, it takes a little bit of time for that to integrate. And I think, you know, we, we give the baby, we talk about the fourth trimester for the baby and that's where, you know, realistically they, they would love to still be on the inside um, and they need that, that warmth and that feeling of attachment that they felt when they were in our belly they need that on the outside too and and that fourth trimester particularly if you follow that thinking is um you know where we really should be nurturing them to that level um but I also think for me the shock to the system and and the reason why I think I continued to uh, disconnected from the intuition and went to the rational mind so much was yes the the enormity of all the to-dos and just remembering things like what time was the last feed and what time should they be sleeping and how long did they sleep and, and all of that. There's a lot of that mental processing, but also the responsibility of being a parent. Yes. And for the first time in your life, you're responsible for a, a little being who's completely reliant on you. That I think automatically comes with a, a and part and parcel of, of that is you slipping into, you know, how, how do I do this? I need solutions. I need structure. I need processes. And, and automatically you'll, you'll sort of go into your head mm. with that. And also fear, I guess. Fear comes through. Am yep. I doing it right? Have yep. I structured it right? Yep. Did I? Yeah. That's, yeah, I completely Definitely. get that. So when you talk about the responsibility of being a parent and how that leads to obviously that, that headiness, can you just bring to life for us a little bit what, what was that mindset for you? What was that headiness about? Or I guess what, what, what kind of talk was running through your head? What did you notice mm. about yourself? One of the biggest things for me was getting wrapped up in thinking that whatever was unfolding, I guess unrash, irrational, sorry, thinking that whatever was unfolding was going to be like that forever. Yeah. <laughs> So, (laughs) yeah, and it was not having, and I I did not used to think like this. So that's, you know, that is the difference between um, when I became a mother versus in the past. Past me would rationalize it and go, no, this is, you know, everything's impermanent. This is a moment in time. It won't be like that. You have the ability to change the situation, all of that type of thinking. Whereas when I became a mother and there was a lot of, as I said, hormones flying, sleep deprivation, crazy thinking, the thoughts were the big doomsday thoughts like this is going to be like this forever it's never going to change everyone keeps saying this too shall pass but it won't for us like it really won't and they're lying (laughs) they are lying um so there there was a lot of that which probably you know that terrified me sometimes because I thought wow there's a real heaviness with this that I've never felt before of of me not being able to reach for hope or optimism um because I really don't know if this will change um and I never did in the past either but I trusted it more that it would Mm, god I Um, so so totally I so resonate with that I remember those those months in the very beginning of rocking her and holding her in a dark room with white noise and just tears streaming down my face and I'd be thinking why are you so upset and this little voice would say to me because this is your life and then I'd think oh my god this is it forever what (laughs) (laughs) and I look back and I always want to slap myself because everybody around me was saying 
Claire, it's going to pass. Claire, it's going to pass. But I, yeah. just like you, I couldn't reach for that truth. Something disconnected yeah. me from that understanding, which is just, I guess it's part and parcel of, of why motherhood is so challenging because it's not just about what you're doing each day with your child. It's, it's who you're becoming. And in order to become that person, you kind of have to break down first and then build yourself back up and reconnect exactly. to the things yeah. that you believe in, don't you? You've got to go, well, actually, no, I do have hope. I do have optimism. I do know this will pass. So that leads me to yeah. the question I think is really important, which is how did you bring yourself back Bring yourself back to the Rachel that you know, obviously a forever changed Rachel, but how did you bring yourself back to the eternal optimist, the one that understands that things pass and change, the one that knows that there's a way to shift things by taking action, the one that understands that, you know, this is not forever and it's all okay. Mm -hmm. How did you bring yourself back into that space? Yeah, well, I think it was a... Um it was a moment to moment practice. It was a process. There was definitely points along the journey where I can, I can look back and say, that was a real turning point. You know, I think for us definitely hitting that 12 week mark, there was something momentous about that for us. We, I felt like we've got on top of these feeding issues. We um, started to feel much more confident in what we were doing. We, we're much more comfortable with asking for support, which is a really big one for me. I um, have always had the tendency to be a blazer and trail independent kind of woman. And so for me reaching out and saying, I need some advice here or I need some, some help here, that was a really big learning for me. And it's one that I'm really, really glad that I had because I can see how it wasn't serving me to think that I had to carry everything on my own shoulders. It just it was no longer working for me in any area of my life. So I'm really glad that I had that shift. Um, but what happened was I think as things started to settle, everyone started to settle and things started to integrate as well. So obviously, like we said before, there's that shock to the system of carrying a baby and then birthing and, and that all seems to happen so quickly and then all of a sudden, oh, hey, you're a parent. Here's, here's a little life you need to take care of. And, oh, and by the way, your old life, it's it's, it's gone. gone. <laughs> you know, it's gone. So deal with it. Um, and it's like being thrust into this whole new world. And, and I think, um, you know, someone said to me, someone who I know who's an intuitive, basically, she said to me at, at would have been around maybe the three or four month mark. She said, it's like um, everything hasn't caught up yet. Like yes. you're, you're five steps ahead over here, but everything's still running behind. And she said the vision she had was that of like my body and my spirit and everything were running to try and catch up to this other aspect of me that was trying to race ahead. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's so symbolic that I was trying to race out of what I actually needed to learn um, and wh why I needed to slow right down and why I needed to go through those challenges to have that next level of soul growth that really I had wanted um, you and I'd been it. asking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been asking for it. So yeah. Uh, what what happened was I think conscious consciously I chose to stop feeding the that inner voice that was looking for more to be worried about and I think that's what can happen is that thoughts build upon thoughts and and it can become more and more dramatic and the lines start to blur and it, it all just gets a little bit wild I stopped feeding that and I started to feel in myself 
myself shift back to the me that knew that, you know, the universe has my back and I am being looked after here and being guided. This is a growth opportunity. This isn't something that's here to rattle you and throw you completely out of the nest. You know, this is all part of the journey for you. So I started to do that. I, I became mindful of the language I was using. So anytime I was saying things, you know, to Ramai, who's my husband for everyone listening, when I'd find myself saying things like, I'm really worried about whatever the situation was, or I'm not feeling good about this, I would catch myself and I'd say, no, hang on, I'll I'll just reframe that a little bit. (laughs) Because I I believe in that. I believe in the power of our words. And I think if we are continually talking about that that is the way that our brains will start to wire we'll, we will default to that worry mm. and that negativity all the time um and I used I used them as a call to action for myself and and really when I started to probe a little bit deeper there was in the moments that I felt really challenged there was something that I was either neglecting for myself or something that I was forgetting that I needed to then remind myself of so I was either neglecting those practices that that do keep me calm and centered and really all I had to do there was take the practical step of pulling out my calendar scheduling something in for me because I know how it feels when I'm at my best uh, mentally spiritually emotionally and I know that feeling's actually not too far away I just have to be deliberate about scheduling it in and and stepping back there. Um, And again, it came back to that trust. So I I think when I was all swept up in in the mind, I had forgotten that life is not here to push our buttons. (laughs) We're here, you know, we're here to, yeah, (laughs) you know, we are. Our purpose is here to, our purpose is to evolve. Um, And we need situations that take us beyond ourselves to be able to do that. So I was able just to look at it with a, from a much more calm and centered place and say, this is all good. I'm growing right now. We asked for this. Um, come on, let's, let's move forward from this point. Oh, awesome, Rach. You've just written, I've just written so many things that you've said because they're so, they're so freaking juicy. I love that you said consciously stop feeding the inner voice and, and that you took deliberate action that you said, okay, I'm not going to buy into this enough. So you were able to pull away, get some objective perspective, I guess, on it and choose differently. And I think that's really key for everyone listening is that it's not a magic bullet. It does take practice and a moment-to-moment practice, but that you've decided I'm going to stop doing that and that you probably weren't perfect at it every single time, right? But No way. (laughs) No way. (laughs) And probably still today it still comes up. But I love that you've, you've said to be conscious about the power of words as well you know, and the energy of words and that what we say out loud and what we think, you know, manifests into our reality. And I think that's really key for us all to hear. And I know I, I do that a lot. I know that I buy into the victim story of uh, being tired a lot. Mm-hmm. I am, yep. but hey, I don't know if that's ever going to stop. So mm-hmm. when my husband comes home and he says, how's your day? And I, I start to say, oh yeah, I'm tired. But then I stop and I think, actually, no, it was a really beautiful day. I'm just tired right now in this moment, but it's been a really beautiful day. So I'm trying to lead again with a different set of words, just like you've described. So I think that's amazing. Now, you touched on practices, being deliberate with those practices. Yeah. And I guess where I want to pull into here is, A, what are those practices for those that are listening? And B, today, that inner voice of fear and worry, at least for me, it's not completely gone, right? It's always going to be there, I guess, as a mum. 
but I have a daily maintenance practice, I guess, to keep me in my center. And obviously meditation is one of them. Mm -hmm. So what are your practices Mm -hmm. and are they daily? Are they weekly? How does it work for you? Yeah. So meditation is definitely part of my life. It has been for, for quite some time. Um, it's not a daily practice always, Uh, you know, I I just want to make that clear. (laughs) You mean you're not Gandhi? (laughs) Unfortunately not. Unfortunately (laughs) not. Would be helpful at times, but (laughs) um, what really helped for me, and I think this, you know, I I know that the topic of meditation can just feel so big for a lot of people. And one of the things that helped for me way back when and and still helps for me is just to take the pressure off meditation being this... um, symbol of how evolved and enlightened we are and just look at it as an opportunity to create a little bit of space in the day to just be light with it to you know for me it was when I stopped trying to be so devoted to the practice and I know this probably goes counter to a lot of the um wisdom out there but when I stopped trying so hard to be devoted and I just looked at it as well you know I love exercise because it makes me feel great and I love meditation because I feel clear and calm or more creative or or um, I can approach my day in a, a much more powerful way when I looked at it like that I started to get excited about it and I would just really take that pressure off it being a, a long practice I'd say Rach, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, go, you can do this. You know, this is this is doable. Um, we can all find that time because, you know what, we can all find that time to scroll Facebook. <laughs> we can all find that time to flick through the TV. So we can find that 10 minutes. And this, once I entered motherhood and in the early days when I was thinking, wow, you know, whoa, my life looks quite different here. Am I ever going to get back to some sense of, of normality for me or what life used to look like where I had practices? It was taking the pressure off that actually allowed me to step back into it and go, oh, cool. It can look a little bit different now. I'm not doing my half an hour or my 45-minute meditation, but I'm doing it and it feels good um, and I'm happy to be showing up for that. Mm-hmm. And then when you do get to do a 45-minute meditation it's like oh wow wow it's such a treat yeah it really is it's like oh that that's good um so that's a big one for me also I'm you know since my earliest memories are of me running around moving around so exercise and movement are absolutely key for me I I do them for the feeling I do them to clear my mind I know my energy and my mood is a hundred times better when I've moved in some way whether that's just a walk across the road to the beach um, or a run or a yoga class or or resistance training whatever it is it's it's now it's a non-negotiable actually in my life I don't even really there's I've taken the thought completely out of it over years of commitment to exercise and I just go okay when is it happening it's not like will it happen it's just like where in my day is that happening Um, so that's the way that I approach it and and doing it that way just, you know, it happens. Mm. There's no pressure there. I think that's really great for mums out there listening who are um, probably not feeling the greatest in their bodies post-baby. And Mm -hmm. just in case you're listening and you're feeling that way, you're amazing and your body is beautiful. Remember that because you created and birthed a child. But I think that's a great reframe because 
it kind of takes the pressure out of, oh my God, I've got to look a certain way or lose a certain amount of weight, but I just need to feel good. And mm -hmm. that actually is the most important thing in this journey, isn't it? Because when you feel good, that feeds directly into your child and into your whole experience. So I love that. It's an awesome frame. Well, I'll tell you a, a very quick little side story here. When I, this is quite random, but it, it does tie in. When I left my job in the corporate world years back and started my business, I I don't know how this happened, but I ended up jumping on a set of scales the, the week after and very randomly without changing anything and literally without changing anything, I had lost a few kilos. And I have, it's always stuck in my mind as um, an example of how our body holds on to yeah. energy. And there was so much stress and so much overwhelm in my life at that, at that time, because I just wanted to be out of there, that it was like this big release as soon as I left. And so I look at exercise like that too. I, I look at it as a way to get the energy moving, but also, you know, when we're feeling good, we're not holding on to that bloating or that tightness yes. in our body. And, and so, wanted to share that because detoxing that stress and overwhelm so yeah. our bodies can actually function properly absolutely so regular meditation and exercise and movement are the practices amongst others i'm sure of mm -hmm. self-love for you that help you stay out of that or help you help you stop feeding that voice of fear and worry yes. is there anything else that is key for you in that in that journey mm -hmm. For me, it's um, having, you know, great, uh, sele not select, a small group of people that I check in with. Mm -hmm. So you're obviously one of those. I think as, as mums, we need to normalise situations. Yes. Um, I was caught up with a girlfriend yesterday, a new mum. She's got a four-week-old. And she kept saying throughout the conversation, oh, thank you so much for saying that. I was thinking that that was just me. And, and it took me right back to those early days where you can feel very alone in your thoughts about yes. is this normal is this the way I'm I should be feeling is this the way my baby should be acting all of that and she kept saying it and she said at the end she's like I just feel like you've just comforted me so much through this conversation mm -hmm. and I think that's such a beautiful example of how just sharing our stories talking things out um, can just you know it obviously connects us and it can just help us feel that level of support and like yes this is all part of the journey so that's a big part of it for me journaling um yeah there's lots of it. any getting out in nature have to I have to be outside every day and I think the, the great thing about having a baby is they also like to yeah. get out and about so pop them in the pram and, and go for a walk and everyone feels better they also like to be out and about when it's raining or hailing and you're thinking <laughs> I don't want to be here but <laughs> yep <laughs> she's dancing in puddles so that's what we're doing let's just roll with it exactly that's just beautiful. I think they're really simple practices, but they're mm -hmm. because they're so present in your life, they make such a big impact. That's and right. And I really appreciate that you highlighted that meditation is more powerful when we take the pressure off. And mm -hmm. I've shared this a lot with people because I go on about meditation a lot. Clearly, it's what I'm into and what I want to share. But it's not because I want everybody to be sitting on a mountaintop, you know, having a perfect practice. I just want it to be included in some way and in some capacity. You know, it, it doesn't have to be perfect, but simply prioritizing that space of stillness and lightness and clarity has such a profound impact. And really, from you know, that, that inner voice of fear and worry, you can shift from that into hope and optimism and positivity and 
lightness. And that's a dramatic shift for something that happens simply by sitting. Or oh, even it, if you can't sit while you're walking your pram with yeah, the baby. That's so right. I love that you shared how simply simple meditation can be and how, how it's such a simple practice when it's just included here and there when you can do it. It's a miracle. It really is. It's, I mean, it's incredible and it is right there at our fingertips. I think it's, it's something that people can build up in their minds that it's this big thing that they need to do perfectly. And if any thoughts into their mind, then they've done it incorrectly. It, it's not that at all. It's, it's clearing that space and just giving yourself that time to sort of come back home mm. and just be, be with yourself again. The world demands a lot of us and this, this gives us the opportunity just to sit there and go no this this moment is just for me totally it's such an act of Mm self-love you know I I can't I can't help but laugh every time my husband says have you meditated today (laughs) I'm like why am I not being the nicest person right now You know, and I, I think that's an indication that obviously I, I come out of a meditation session. He's like, aha, there she is. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> there, there's the Claire that I know. So that's right. I, I think that that self-love practice is so vital. And as a mum, we become even more aware of how powerful self-love is because when we're full to the brim, we give so much more to our babies. And it's not that we have to do self-love for them, but let's be be realistic. They're our everything. Mm-hmm. So when we know that there's something that we're going to do that's going to help us dramatically but then also directly pour into our children, how can you not want to embrace something that is so profound? And so that's supportive? right. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there's there's nothing like motherhood to show you how much stamina you need. It really is. It's it's the days are long and I think you need that energy that you get from giving yourself those pockets of self-love. You need the energy to, to show up and to bring your best self to being a mother. And it's also a really beautiful way to model that to our children and, and they'll take that into their lives that yes, it's, it's okay for me to stop and pause and give myself some time. There's nothing self-indulgent or selfish about doing that. So it's a win-win. Totally. And I think that's spot on that this is, you know, it's for us and it's for our children. It's a win-win. I think that's, yeah, that's everything to me. And modeling it, you, you really hit the nail on the head with that one because, you know, I don't expect my daughter to follow in my footsteps, but if I can raise her knowing that meditation is the norm, Mm-hmm. That's right. And that it's going to dramatically affect her success in life on every level, then for me that's job done. I Absolutely. could die happy at that point. Absolutely. Thank you so much for everything that you have shared today. It's been such a beautiful chat, as I knew it would be. And I My just want to finish with one question, and it's a probably a big question, but you just I know you, you'll boil it right down. If there was one piece of advice that you could pass on to a new mama or any mama, wherever they are on their stage, what would that be? What is that one piece of advice? one piece of advice or there's there's obviously lots but one thing I've been thinking about this a lot lately and it is I guess it's become maybe a bit of a mantra of sorts for me and and it's one that I'd like to share it's that may we never be too busy attending to the unimportant stuff that we crowd out those big moments that matter I think it's really easy to get pulled in a million directions and and life will always do that particularly if you are a go-getting you know passionate woman that has other things going on and who wants to um 
act out and, and live out many different purposes in, in your life, there will be times where you're pulled every which way, but we need to leave energy for those important things. And, and they are the simple things. It's the love, the presence, the attention and all of that. And that matters so much more than cleaning the house or answering that email in that moment where your child needs you. It's just having perspective there. And I think it's just something that we can, um, constantly steer ourselves back with and also obviously give ourselves some compassion because we'll, we'll screw that up as well. <laughs> <laughs> we will. That's just yes, part yes. of being a parent. There are moments where we won't get it um, right, but, you know, let's, let's remember that these moments are fleeting and these are the things that we'll look back on when we're 80 years old. We'll, we'll look back and, and think about the the precious moments. Oh, so true. I'm constantly being taken by the hand by Soleil to turn on Bollywood music on the TV so she can dance or, oh, she wants me to dance with her, of course, or to sit on the balcony and watch her feed soil to her teddy bears. And, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, but Soleil, I just need to finish making breakfast and this Uh and that. And then it's like, Uh wait a minute, she's engaging, she's experiencing magic, she's exactly. imaginating and playing and I'm watching a miracle unfold in front of me every single day. Yeah. Okay, Claire, the breakfast can wait. Mm-hmm. Until oh, she starts so screaming at me to make the breakfast because she's hungry. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they don't quite understand the um, time, <laughs> magnitude yeah, no. and, and time and all of Let that. Let me just materialise your breakfast for you instantaneously. <laughs> but, yeah, that is an awesome awesome mantra and I think um I'll find a way to type that up and put that up for everybody to to see because that's just spot on that is just magic Rach you are a divine woman and mama and your beautiful rider chose so well when he chose you I chose well when I chose you as a friend and a, and a fellow mum on this journey and thank you so much for sharing your journey so truthfully and authentically and your wisdom and helping other mamas kind of see through the chaos and the fog. So I really appreciate everything that you've done for us today. Right back at you, lovely. Right back at you. Thank you so much for having me. Isn't she just incredible, guys? What a beautiful conversation. And she is just such a beautiful soul, filled with such a warm, loving energy and insight and wisdom that always just lands straight to the point, wrapped with love. I hope that you received some of that wisdom and some of that love from Rachel today and that it really landed for you in a supportive way. Rachel is on Instagram, so please do reach out to her, tag us and say hello and let us know what you thought of this episode. I know she will absolutely love that. Before I leave you today, just to let you know that the Om Mama Love Meditation Membership Platform has decided to say goodbye for now. But I will be bringing to life the incredible meditations. There's 12 of them in that program and bundling them up in a beautiful little package with a set of affirmation cards as well for you to receive all digitally. So look out for that. That will be landing very, very soon. And I'm really excited to do that, to breathe some life into that beautiful project and those incredible conversations and incredible meditations. As you all know, I am a super fan of meditation and so grateful for the support that it provides me through my motherhood journey. So I hope that I can deliver that to you ASAP and it will support you, especially when it comes to quietening that inner 
voice of fear and worry and anxiety and helping you find your way back to presence and peace and that sense of confidence that you need as a mother. So I'll leave you with that. Stay tuned. And as always, beautiful mama, I am just one mama on the path to woke and I hope you choose to wake up with me too. Love and light and check you soon.